to another Not For Nothing. That's Chris, and I'm Chris, and we're going to do a show. You ready? Let's go. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, Chris. God, we're so good at these opens. We really are. They get better and better. You know, yeah. three, three years down the road, you'd think, you know, mm. these guys really, they're pros. Easy. Yeah, total pros now. Uh, can I take a quick minute to, uh, to toot our horns? Toot them. Uh, toot them. I have two toots. Ready? Ooh, this is a two toot. <laughs> like if I was the steamboat. Toot toot. Remember that wrestler? Steamboat. We'll get to wrestling later, but remember the steamboat wrestler? Yeah. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. No, no, no. Not Steamboat. Sorry. Tugboat. Oh, Tugboat. Yeah. <laughs> tugboat was also like nine other dudes. I'm pretty sure he was like Earthquake and like yeah. some other guys. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Tug- I fucking loved Tugboat. Like he was so funny <laughs> and so undaunting and lovable. I fucking I dug him. Uh just a little tease. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a our our own WW oh WW whatever right like just wrestling just wrestling Mount yeah. Rushmore's as a inspired by the Rock. But before we get into that, I have two toots. Toot toot. <laughs> what number one toot? I turned on my favorite thing to listen to during the day, sports talk radio, uh, mm. which was it's been getting increasingly insane today. In fact, they were talking about favorite games to play in your bedroom as a kid. Uh. Like oh, Nerf basketball okay. or like like a goal line stand or masturbate with your friend. Don't tell anyone. It was crazy. So uh, anyway, uh, they did. They did best uh, our favorite. The other day they did favorite sports movie or uh, quarantine sports movies, which at least, hmm. I, I'm sure they didn't get that idea from us. It's cer- certainly not a, a great one, but uh, we did it first. And that, that exactly. Right. That's the point. Uh, and my other toot, shit, I forgot my other toot. Oh, no. I guess it's a single toot. Until Stop I re- tape. Until, Start again. No. Oh, I, uh, someone sent me a, a podcast because, you know, we all know everybody has a podcast and a friend, actually, it's sort of a friend of a friend, started a podcast recently and and they're on their like 19th episode and, and I listened to it and man, it sounded like shit. So congratulations to us. We at least... <laughs> You know, we kept it going for three years. These guys will not last three years. And I think we sound pretty good. I mean, uh, minus the occasional echoey show, there's a lot of fluidity there. So there's the second toot, Chris. Toot, toot. Right. Yeah, there we go. There we Keep go. Keep on tooting. But now that my toots are out of the way, Chris, mm. uh, I, I wanted to know if you had one stupid baseball story you could lead the show with today. Chris, you know I do. <laughs> I always got a stupid baseball story, but I try to keep it at least to, to a can't max. You just, can't you just say show. baseball story? And at this point, we'll know it's stupid because it's baseball. Yes, exactly. Right. And I have I have some others in the in my pocket here. I'm just I haven't flushed them out fully yet. In so the half I'm still working on some, yeah, okay, in the half good. of that. All right. Uh, they'll, they're coming in the weeks to come here. I Great. Think. But, I can't wait. Yeah. And I'm kind of saving it for like when we have nothing else maybe really to talk about because they're, they're just incredibly stupid. Well, that is like, an, actually- that's an impossibility. So just bring them out as they come because we will always <laughs> have something to talk about. Uh, but the one stupid story for today is that apparently reports, I think, just came out even this morning that um, the Major League Baseball bands of the Astros ex-manager and, and GM. Yeah. Will be lifted. What? 
after the 2020 World Series, even if the whole season is doesn't get played, man, this these guys will have served a one year suspension. I know this isn't a, a a new take, but the fucking Astros are the winners of COVID, man. They have they have really fucking like this whole shit's just gonna get swept under the rug. Like these at, the, the, at this point, theories begin. At this point, <laughs> at this point, like there would already have been like ninety dudes on the DL from the Astros alone for getting plunked by pitches, and yet yeah. here we are. Yeah, the story's moved on to a a bigger thing, and and we're not talking about the Astros because there's bigger fish to fry, and and now the season's gonna get. They don't even, yeah, they don't even have to play a season now and kind of get away with it to to some degree here yeah, without even really getting punished. Who's gonna pick this story back up in fucking 2021 and be like? Opening day. I can't wait to face the Astros because two years ago they might have cheated on something. I don't know. Like it's fucking. They won. Good job. I can't wait to buy yeah. an Astros hat. Yeah, yeah. I hope they re-rename the the stadium Enron Field for the 2021 season. I think everyone should just refer to it as Enron Field. Like, I don't know why they don't. Like it would. Mm. Like everyone calls it like the Garden, Boston Garden, the Garden, or whatever. Like they, you know, right? Like even though it's not the Garden at all. Yeah, it's called. T- Bank Arena or whatever. Yeah, it's it not even the original stadium, is it? No, no, no. It's a whole new stadium. That's why it's like the TD Bank or something. It's like it's uh, so typical of fuck. Oh, God, man, I didn't want to do this, but I have to do this. Like Boston, Boston fucking sports. So I don't know if you've been listening to fucking Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons masturbate each other over like redrafting. Like oh, God. I saw draft. that article like somewhere Good posted that they're doing this. Fucking and like, nope. God, if you want to pull your fucking eyeballs out. The weird thing is, is it, and this really fucking it pissed me off, but Ryan Rosillo, they redrafted the 2009, or 20, 2019 or 20, neither one of those, 1996 draft with Iverson, Ray Allen, yeah. like the, the greatest draft of all time. Kobe, Kobe yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's just bonkers how Rosillo talks himself out of Allen Iverson and takes has this whole, like, white guy anti-iverson take like and he like had these like weird stats of like how philly's seat or ticket sales weren't that great at that era but didn't compare it against anything he just basically was like shitted on iverson and they like picked it they picked steve nash and ray allen over iverson and it was just he even talked simmons out of like backing iverson it was just it was just horseshit and i was like what the fuck does this guy have against iverson he, he even said something like it's like gross and off topic or offbeat is like, uh, yo, I mean, I know Iverson was down and all that, like shit, shit like that. Like it was just embarrassing. But then when I listened, uh, so I turned it off and then I happened to listen to like the, they redrafted the 1998 draft, I guess. And I got mm-hmm. like a minute or two in and they, and Rosillo starts talking about how he loves like he was always a big Charles Barkley fan. And then he was always a big Moses Malone fan. And then he's like, and then I got my head on straight and I back started backing Boston. And I was like, Oh, I get it. You're a self-loathing fucking Sixers fan. Who's trying to like talk yourself out of ev- liking anything Sixers related, but your two favorite players all time are Sixers. So you're this weird Boston Homer, like every Boston douchebag who roots for fucking Boston when it suits them, when they want to be a Saudi and all that fucking ginger bullshit. And then, but meanwhile, you could fucking try to claim Barkley and fucking Moses Malone. Go fuck yourself, Ryan Rosillo. Pick a fucking side, you bro, and stop fucking trying to be fucking every other sports announcer that can actually handle a monologue. I'm sorry, but fuck them. Fuck Boston. Fuck Boston. I hope Boston gets COVID. 
just the city. <laughs> just COVID. They have to rename it COVID. COVID Chris, you're bearing party. the lead here. Who did they redraft in the 98 draft? For I don't fucking know. Rafe LaFrance? I don't fucking care. <laughs> Rafe LaFrance. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what it's I, probably Paul Pierce because he's a Boston lover. Oh, man. Well, they're, the, yeah, the, it's true. It's true. Like, they're, but the, it is a draft where the Sixers took Larry Hughes over Paul Pierce. Um, I never would have wanted Paul Pierce. Let's not forget either that Paul Pierce almost died in a fucking club stabbing. Like it wasn't like Paul Pierce was coming with the fucking smell of roses here. Like it's it, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like it's fucking. And I guess that's the whole point of these drafts. I don't really even know the point of these drafts to be honest. Because at first they say it's like whatever the franchise needed at the time, but then they do these like hypothetical situations of like who like they would pair with other players down the. It just it it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like because you can't you have to take them individually without thinking about what you just did for the last year's past drafts or whatever. Cause then it's, it's so like, it's such a stupid exercise. The argument of like trying to like compare Ray Allen's like Ray Allen's effect or whatever on a team versus Allen Iverson's is just stupid. Like it's, it's situational, you know, like it, it's, it's so pointless. And like, I don't know it. I, I'm sure, I'm sure you have some thoughts on Ray Allen being a Seattle guy. Um, I, I never didn't like him, but I just like, I love Ray. I, I just don't, think but not you, because he was a Sonic. I, I don't I mean, think, I, I don't him. think you can compare the two. I just don't think that like, it's just pointless to compare the two. It's a, it is, I don't know why these guys just don't understand what, like the, how fun it is to just ramble on and on without any point. Like we do instead of trying to come up with these asinine <laughs> topics <laughs> because it's, it's, it's ear porn. I think for a lot of people love that kind of stuff, right? That's why the, you see a lot of these sort of like sports blogs and all these things make all the, always make these lists or always make listicles. these sort of things. Yeah. That's like yeah. we started this as a joke doing a listicle and now we're doing it. <laughs> it's great. It's like that stupid what that ESPN poll or or uh whatever whatever they did they posted where they had people um weighing in and, and voting on who like the best college player of all time is. You don't see fucking variety magazine doing like like calling up some old like <laughs> casting agents and being like let's recast you know fucking out of africa like what the fucking actually it's a pretty good idea Chris. <laughs> <laughs> i think people would eat that up oh man that'd be great what if uh, the big chill didn't have kevin costner count cut out of it it would be a totally different picture what if the big chill had fucking William H. Macy, uh, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, fucking who cares? It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Anything with Glenn Close, it'll be amazing. It'll be it'll better. Be, it's true. In that, that era, you couldn't do better than Glenn Close. <laughs> and wasn't she in that movie, maybe? She probably was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All I know is it's just Jeff Goldblum smarming around the kitchen, and everyone's oh, like, yeah. everyone's visibly uncomfortable because i think that they all did live together in the big chill like that was part of how they made the sh- the movie like the director made them all live together for like two yeah. weeks and then shot it and i think that probably goldblum like skis them all out and it oh, really comes sure. through i love it yeah he's yeah a, i could maybe a take jam. a day of goldblum oh fuck he would suck to be around he's fun he'd be fun to like get a drink with but like yeah totally or like yeah you know cheat on your wife with but like other than that like no no gold bloom i mean he's he's from pittsburgh so i gotta step lightly but uh like isn't that a fun night like you're like 
Fuck it, man. My wife, I can't believe what all the shit she's been putting me through. He's like, let me, uh, Chris, hey, uh, it's Jeff. Let's go cheat on our wives. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a he's a kooky dude who I could um, I, I definitely if I met him and, and, and we could go and like listen to some stories or whatever and him just sort of ramble on about nothing would be would be a great. Well, do you see this thing? Dolly Parton is reading bedtime stories. Wouldn't it be funner if Jeff Goldblum was reading bedtime oh, for sure. or reading oh, fucking sure. or reading Penthouse Forum like Goldblum <laughs> reads Forum. Oh, that would be great. Dude, like just that from like 1979. Yeah, like old, old ones. Yeah, yeah. The old ones. <laughs> like, like old timey. Yeah, like her juices <laughs> flowed through her giant mound. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, man, we're getting some, you're, you're just, you're on fire today, Chris, with these ideas. <laughs> I'm so yeah. bored. I'm so <sighs> bored. So that's when you bored. search, that's when you shine the best, I think. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Um, all right, when we'll you're say, isolated, no one to talk to or hang out with, the like word. your own imagination is just kicking in. You know what I should have done, actually, is read through all of your show notes before I fucking started talking. Because the next one is, is who would mellow have won? Would mellow have won <laughs> multiple chips if the Pistons drafted him? We're doing a fucking hypothetical about the draft. That, let's just skip it. We can't. We can't go back to like. No, well, no. Here, here's what I want to say. Okay, and, good. And, Thank and, God, because this is fucking. I feel like totally embarrassed right now. <laughs> It's, it's just because he came out like I don't know if like the basketball players are doing these all these like uh, Zoom and Instagram hangouts and all these kinds of things or whatever. And so I think uh, was it Dwayne Wade or something had him on and oh and, yeah 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 and he talked and about Mello, he Mello talked Mello about LeBron saving him from like, drowning. If Detroit drafted me. We would have won two or three chips easily. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting to some degree and like then a, i started texting my buddy brister who who's a big mellow bobby fan. brister you text yeah, bobby brister bobby, yeah you bobby brister <laughs> hang out <laughs> and um and he was like this is totally you know easy like this would have happened and i just started doing a deep dive like on, on kind of so who was going, on who was on that team that if they would have drafted him do you know oh it would it so it was uh like oh, ben man, wallace rip Cha- hamilton like those dudes chauncey yeah chauncey billups Wait, didn't Chauncey get drafted in that draft? No, maybe I'm wrong. Sorry, my bad. No, no, no. He was, I think he was way before that. Okay. Um, Chauncey's ageless. He looked a thousand when he was born. Yeah, Billups, Rip, Prince, and, and she might have been on there too, maybe? So, when, so then they, so they take him. I mean, yeah, they were, they were fucking awesome then. They were, wait, that, is that the draft where they took Darko? Yeah, so they, they took Darko. Yeah, and then I mean, like they took, later. I mean, of course, like that's fuck. That's 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 so stupid. Like Darko sucked. Like they like, what do you right. mean? Right, like, and then so like the next the following year, I think after his rookie year, then that's when Detroit won the championship themselves. With Darko, right? Darko has a chip. I believe so. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a bigger story. <laughs> what? Yeah, right. That's actually pretty good. He's I probably know. sold it. I don't now. know if you can say that. I mean, I feel like Melo might have just been one of these sort of polarizing people you know like right it might, things might not have worked out the same way right because he was he was sort of a uh very ball dominant dude maybe they wouldn't the team like they also had larry brown as a coach like i don't know how that would have that dynamic would have worked out well um but the other thing is though which i forgot is that the detroit went back-to-back finals and they lost to the spurs the second year yeah they they were they were so fucking that was maybe one of my least favorite Finals. I don't think I even watched that final because I. Hated, I'm not even sure I did. Yeah. I hated Detroit at that time, and I and I definitely hated the Spurs then. I I couldn't I couldn't appreciate a game like 
either team had at that point in my life. To grind like, it out and just yeah. kind of slow play it. Yeah, and, I just didn't, yeah. I did it. Like, I remember one of the most heartbreaking things was to watch, like, in 99, watch the Knicks, like, sort of come out of nowhere and, and really just play, like, a really fun Eastern Conference, you know, just, just sort of get through the Eastern Conference finals. And then when they played the Spurs, I was like, oh, yeah, this basketball. Here we go. <laughs> I would like kind of watch it and be like, like, I mean, thank God we're fucking past that time in our, I mean, I'd rather have no basketball than that basketball. I'm not even joking. Like I I really, I honestly can say that. I think. Wait, the, wait, the Knicks era ones or, or this, or the early 2000s, the Spurs. 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 Yeah. Yeah, The the late nineties, early two thousands pissed like that era. Mm -hmm. It just, it just was incredibly boring to me. Yeah, it was. It was also a lot of uh, like, everybody thought they were an ISO dominant, player yeah everybody like, wanted know, it was like larry every, hughes and all those guys yeah. you know too that were like oh like they, these guys think they're all superstars and they, they just have to go one-on-one yeah with i mean fucking gilbert arenas was like yeah, the best player right. in basketball like right, that's fucking right. insane to think about yeah that's but what, so but so then but so detroit went to back to back and then miami and then miami won that one against dallas in 2006 that like in the year after the those two pistons runs so it's like, it's not inconceivable. I, that's where I started going like, oh, the, actually, this actually is kind of conceivable probably is that that Miami Heat wasn't that great. They, they sort of stole that championship away from Dallas. Right? Yeah. And then... Yeah. Um, well, they, I mean, they were going to win no matter what. I, I just don't... I, the, the Heat were going to win that championship. They were doing... I mean, every, the they, league was I doing mean, they everything had, like, they, they could to make... They were doing everything they could to make Dwayne Wade a superstar at that point. Probably. But then, but the, the, the interesting thing is Detroit won the regular season series against Miami that year, four games to one. Weird. Right? But then they lost in the playoffs, uh, the conference, they played in the conference finals, and they lost two games to four. That was actually when I started liking Shaq. Right. Yeah? Yeah. I just decided... I was like, fuck huh. it. I'm just going to like Shaq. Miami Shaq. Miami Shaq. I could see Miami Shaq being I like, loved Miami like, Shaq. Yeah. He was fun. <laughs> he was but fr- it kind of would have been free of the I, chains of Kobe. Right. Right. Proving that was something. when he was like, when he dropped that verse, uh, Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kobe. Tell me how your ass tastes. <laughs> no offense, Kobe. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. So anyway, I just thought it was like an interesting kind of a, uh, to kind of go back a little bit to at that point in time, and just kind of seeing like, you know what, the, the, it's not, because I'm always sort of writing mellow off. I think like you are and stuff, you know, and I'm like, eh, whatever, this guy. And then I, to some degree, I think you're right about him sort of maybe being that guy where he just doesn't win championships. He's kind of like Carl Malone or whoever else you want to throw in there. But Barkley. Barkley. Uh, but yeah, but then, you know, but the, cause then you get into like after Miami, you get into the, the Cavs went to the play. That's the finals and lost to San Antonio. And then Boston won the, that the year after that. And it was like, all right, those teams were, the, I mean, the, the Boston team was sort of the, uh, the you weren't beating that Boston team. You're probably not beating the Boston team, but Cleveland, you know, LeBron. And then there's, you know, there was some back and forth there. There's some good games with, when Mello was actually, I think with Denver still, uh, I don't know. That, so I thought it was kind of like, I, I could kind of see this a little bit more than I ever thought I could with Miami and or, or uh, Mello and or Detroit sort of making kind of a run there. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I'm just going to, I'm going to stand by my it's stupid to fucking hypothesize these. Is that a word? Hypothesize? Maybe. Sure. Maybe it is. Sounds good. Uh, but it is interesting you mentioned ball dominant players because one of the biggest ball dominant players of that era was Stefan Marbury. And uh, Stefan Marbury sort of like re. He, he reinvented himself in China, which I think a lot of players tried to do afterwards. And in fact, mm-hmm. had a very successful career in China, right? Mm-hmm. 
so successful that he, I think, is he a, is he coaching a Chinese team right now? He's now coaching, yeah. So I mean, he's a living legend in China. He's he's went from from playing to going like, listen, he staying there, making making that money, and and now being a coach of one of the teams. And so he's beloved there. I think he even acts right, doesn't he act? He's act. He's got. I, there's tons of like. He's been on, he's been um, on like so. He's got a statue shit. now too. Really? Yeah. There's. I mean, they. They. He, like he can't leave China. Yeah. I mean, good for him. I. I yeah, Iverson tried absolutely. to do it too. Uh. But I did see, and I don't know if there's been any follow up on this story. And I think this is why this is in your notes. Is that uh, Marbury is is I think he brokered a deal or was brokering a deal deal to. with a Chinese manufacturer of masks of mm-hmm. of face masks for medical professionals. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, uh, like I think ten million dollars at a at a third of the cost of what we would be able to get them for. Ten million masks, yeah, from yeah. a supplier in China, but that will be sold to the state of New York for at cost and no markup on it. And and at first, uh, the story I read was that he he made he he brokered that deal. He knows he, the connection with he the made the he made the offer. The New York said no, and now so New he, York has said yes. Is that is that is that correct? So, so basically as the story goes and what was quoted in like the New York post or whatever, the daily news or whatever those things are, but other people sort of picked it up that thread up now is that he called the Brooklyn borough president because since Marbury is a Brooklyn guy, Coney Island's like reached out to that guy. And I, I think his name is Eric Adams, I believe is the Brooklyn borough president. Okay. So he started, he called him to get the ball rolling and was like, Hey, we can do this. I got this connection. They're willing to, you know, sell these at cost and I will help you with, every, with logistics and everything else. And then the, the borough president, Adams, contacted, I think, both uh, the governor Cuomo and the mayor de Blasio in New York here and was like, hey, we got this ability. Let's do this. And both of them both kind of kind of got weird responses or no responses from both sides of this government. And then at one point, uh, I think, the you know, the news kind of reached out and they were like, no, no, we're definitely interested. We were trying to do this. We're trying to work this out. But then it kind of comes out and part of the story kind of makes it seem like both of them are trying to sort of push the borough president out and like take this for themselves to make this, this deal to go through. And they're like, put us in contact. They even told the reporter from the newspaper to like put us in contact directly with Stefan Marbury. And they were like, we can't. And they referred him back to the borough president. Well, Steph also, Steph also, I think it was specific. He wanted to help Brooklyn, right? Like, yeah, like, because he, I think it's, yeah. Cause he's part of here. And I think he wants the dude. I think that he wants to help this guy. I think he likes this guy, the Brooklyn borough president, all that kind of stuff. So I think, I think there's sort of different, lines at play here which is fine but it's like guys just stop and there's no update i, I try to look this morning to see if there's more on this and i marbury i think did an interview with uh, anderson cooper and it just sounds like he's still get trying to make this happen jesus christ so it's just goddamn government and politics involved here that are, are like you know like just do this somebody do this please and do it now <laughs> who cares who's involved just get it done it's crazy that it's taking like we turn our eye to stuff on marbury and it's amazing i have Never he, been prouder listen, to own a if, pair of Starberries. If you, if anybody, just do a little bit of like Google searching with Marbury and look up some of the stories, what he's been, he has done in, in the past and what he's still doing to help even people in China and, and back here in New York and stuff. And not just with this, with this coronavirus, but stuff in the years past and stuff. It's amazing. Like he, he'll become one of your favorite people in the world ever. If you do enough and read enough about him, what he's done uh, in the last, at least the last two or five years. I also think that like, it's not easy to, especially a kid from Coney Island to, to reinvent themselves in China and do it as fully as he did. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of people have gone, and I mentioned Iverson, a lot of people have gone to China and tried to do this, and it, and they're like fish out of water. They don't fucking... It doesn't work. It yeah, doesn't for some work. reason, whatever it is with him and his personality or whatever, and like he, I mean, he's sort of made contacts on high levels of the government and, and really uh, uh, some of the, like the media, like uh, really um, prominent media guys there who own like some of the media companies or whatever and stuff. Like he's really, it seems like he's really well connected and and has been like uh to business deals with with um dudes over there too and stuff which is incredible and but he's also giving back to the community there as well so he is fully immersed in all levels of of sort of china which wow. is incredible to see and he's still and he's still you know paying attention back home here too in new york which is which is even cooler i think i think that, uh, that that's kind of interesting we have two uh there the back to back stories we just did on on people who are very are very charitable because Mello is also a big give back guy. If you look, if you do any research and I know uh, we've had this argument before, but he's, he's definitely given a lot back to Baltimore. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he's a decent guy. He just, yeah. Well, I think that's part of the problem is like most of these guys are decent guys and they do a lot. They just don't get enough publicity about it. Yeah. Well, and that's a shame because it usually goes to like what the owners and, and those guys kind of sort of do maybe and gets more, uh, publicity about it, but the the, the well, Balmer players, get, Balmer's giving like fifty million dollars. Like, well, I know, and that's great. That's you know, pretty and, fucking and, and worthwhile. Sort of, to tack this onto the story, uh, the, I just read a story this morning too that um, uh, the Patriots owner Robert Kraft just um, free hand paid, jobs for yeah, all medical professionals. Kidding. Just go on down to sunny Pomona Beach. <laughs> he's he's paying like two million dollars worth, uh, and and took his the team plane to China, flew it there loaded it up, uh, retrofitted it, I emptied it out, I think, of all the seats or whatever, and loaded up 1.2 million masks himself and brought them back to, for the, uh, for mostly for Massachusetts, but some of them is coming down to New York as well. So he did that at the, at the um, I think with the help of like sort of the Massachusetts governor or something, kind of asked him to do this. And there was a lot of red tape and a lot of stuff involved there that he said apparently in some of the quotes that was really hard to, to, to pull this off. So I can only imagine what's kind of going on with maybe Marbury and, and, and the government officials here trying to do his, his job as well. But, uh, so it's like someone just stepped up and did it and, and they made it happen. So I think there's, there's sort of cause for our hope and, and some sort of a, uh, blueprint there to kind of work off of maybe too. Well, it's interesting you'd say that because, uh, while me, while these players and ex players and owners are, are, have, you know, suspended their seasons or, or altering their seasons and still having a charitable face forward. Uh, you've got folks like Jay Williams <laughs> and everyone really, any sports announcer is just doing anything to try to come up with some hypothetical version of bringing sports back. Uh, but you have here that Jay Williams has an idea for the NBA's wor- uh, worst playoff. Is it, what is the NBA playoffs? The worst? Oh, what? It, sorry. Let me re-say this. Jay Williams just has a shitty idea for the NBA playoffs. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, a lot of people are coming up with ideas and like how to, how to, how to do this. And the NBA themselves, I think is even trying to be like, Hey, we're, we might just go to like one city or, or one yeah. country even or something and just bring all the teams there, isolate themselves, maybe with their families or whatever, and then play all these games, which is, I, I think is incredibly uh, irresponsible and dumb in the first place. Why, why would you do it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, not, why? Yeah. Why? Like why? I mean, they're doing you know, that. With, they're doing that with esports, but, but it's a little, it's a bit different. I mean, it's a little bit different, whatever. And it's not, you know, anyway, so Jay Williams apparently came up with an idea. I don't even know where he was, where he was on this. I forgot to look and stuff, but his idea was to, uh, take all 30 teams, 
put them and get two uh, cruise ships. No, shut up, dude. Say anymore? Do I need to say anymore? Really? And then separate well, like one's the Eastern Conference and one's the Western Conference. And then and he goes through the whole thing. He's like, everyone gets checked. Everyone gets medicals. Everyone does this. Everyone does that. That's so stupid. Why the, would the fucking players want to? The players don't care that much. I, I don't. All, I mean, most of these might, players yeah, have had a year off of basketball. Bring their their family lives. and their kids with them. This and is just, just like, dude, selfish fucking assholes that need basketball. Like I know I miss it too. I would love to have it around, but like. These are just people. You know what else I'd love to have around two million people that don't die. Exactly. Just stop concocting fucking harebrained schemes where that puts like people's lives in danger, makes people have to live in quarantine situations in order to play your little slave games. Play the game. The game must go on. Play the game. Get on a boat. Live on a boat. Sports to guide us through this. Live on a boat. it's fucking ridiculous. Like I, I even like Mark Cuban even said it the other day in an interview where he was like, oh, "Listen, I want sports back. I think we need it. I think we we need to try to get it back at some point." And I don't disagree with him, but I think he's also like, "Listen, I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if it's possible to be able to do this." And I think that's one of the most sensical things I've heard from even an owner, right. who you know is probably dying more so than anybody else to get to get the sort of games back to make profits and all that kind of stuff. And the one thing I'll maybe sort of finish off this this topic then is that I so I think ESPN just interviewed uh, Myron Roll. Okay. If you don't remember him, he was the Florida State football player. He was a safety, I believe, a couple years back, like ten years ago or something. Uh, he was also a Rhodes Scholar. Okay. Uh, and so he played in the NFL for a few years, but he also was applying to ro- uh, for the Rhodes Scholarship to go to Oxford University, I believe. And now he has become a neurosurgeon. Okay. And so, and now he's at Mass, uh, up in Massachusetts at the, one of the hospitals up there. And so this guy, if nothing else, he, he, he's the kind of the perfect example or sort of one of those guys to listen to uh, that is on the front lines in hospitals uh, battling this virus while also having a sense of the, a need or ability or desire to play sports. And, and, and he was like, listen, he was like, I would be very surprised and very shocked and, and sort of disheartened if with the NFL thinking they can start their season in September, like in a normal schedule. Yeah. It's just not gonna happen. It's not going to happen. And so like, he's even saying like, you know, what is that? Four months from now is like this. That's, that's a really long shot. Even at this point, Toronto just canceled all public gatherings through Jan through June 30th. Yeah. So we're we're not getting basketball till best case best case July. Right. Same with baseball. So right. fucking put it's just like at least not in Toronto. So what are you gonna do? Have the, that team play elsewhere because of a like it just that's not an option. So just right. go ahead and earmark you know June July one as a best case scenario. It's uh, fine, and it's something to sort of like hope for at least maybe give you a little bit of hope. But yeah, just but this, this shit and, was just a huge. It's, just, it's, it's I we. It's also a pipe dream. Realize that it's also probably not gonna happen. It's just not like, important. It, it's just not, not important. important. Like it, I I. I personally like I love sports and I love yes. and I love like everything that's about it. But we also have to I, I think that there's a, an important thing we need to realize it's a really brutally hard time. It's a really hard time for people. And it's a, and from from multiple levels, from a health level, from a fear level, from an anxiety level, from a financial level. Uh, but it's also a blip on the radar, especially in our lifetimes. But 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 ultimately, like in the Earth's lifetimes, this yeah. is a blip on the radar. I'm missing a fucking season of sports. We will get through this, and in fucking three years, we will be like, oh, remember the, the oh, yeah. COVID-shortened right. or the COVID-canceled seasons? Yeah. 
there's been strikes, you know, like so so strike is okay. Yeah. It's just stop a season. Exactly. Like, I mean, and it's uh, frustrating and it is annoying and and you could focus on some other sport. I I I miss it. I definitely do. I wish that I could watch sports, but I, it's not of it's not it's not I there's not an emptiness inside of me that's like god I'd give anything to watch a baseball game right now or any sport for that matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. I, I hear you. Even with the, I even like this idea of like what uh, NASCAR and like a uh, race car racing is doing with this, um, it's dope. virtual reality kind of stuff. So yeah, the, the NASCAR esports uh, just garnered the last weekend garnered the highest uh, ratings of any esports tele televised esports tournament. Uh, they, I think they had 770,000 viewers. Yeah, for a Fox was that telecast. the one on, like on Fox Sports or yeah, something? Yeah. So, and what they're what NASCAR is doing? It was on Fox Sport. What what NASCAR is doing is is running their their actual NASCAR season at the racetracks of which they would be would have been racing at. So it, there's mm -hmm. a it's kind of a cool version of how this works. And 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 I know that the NBA is doing a 16 person uh, yep. NBA Sorry, 2K Friday. tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I I. I'm actually because I just recently got into the world of esports. I I have a so much higher tolerance for this, uh, and I think it's great. I think it's it there's a it's still a way to connect with people, mm -hmm. and players, mm -hmm. and and the sport itself, and and like shit like this Michael Jordan documentary, which I probably wouldn't have watched because I was never a big Jordan guy. You know, now it's something to watch. You know, like there's there's just there's just ways you can get around this a little bit. So I'm. Which I think is great, and I think that's sort of the important thing to sort of focus on and encourage more of is like coming up with these alternative ways of sport, and and you know just imagine the possibilities here if people put their minds to it that way and going, hey, what else could we come up with? What else? Something in a other innovative form of sport that we could that we can create here now or do something like that. I think there's there's sort of an opportunity there with with the situation everybody's in for some really kind of you know potential cool like stuff to come through like marble this. racing yes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man with all the technology and all these dudes sitting around uh you know um it just there, there's 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 probably something right and i'm not far smart enough and and we're in depth in, in, to know enough about most of the esports too and whatnot but Man, I think there's some things out there that you could, you know, the the whole NASCAR thing is like dudes actually built themselves like a mini car yeah. in their homes yeah. it's awesome. with like four or five screens on it. Yeah. And they're literally, it's like it, there's gas pedals and a steering wheel and the whole thing. And it's like, dude, that's kind of, that's cool as shit. And no one dies. No and one no one dies. dies. And I, that, and I think that's the point with, um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is like leading this charge and being like, Hey, this is, this is a very viable alternative here. And yeah. he's like, he's not just doing it because of now he's been doing it for the last year or two since he retired basically. Yeah. There's a couple of dudes and it's also kind of fun because it levels a playing field a little bit mm -hmm. because these teams, some, you know, some teams have more money, so they have bigger, stronger pit crews and, yep. and more money to put into their yep. cars. So you're seeing some racers that are talented racers winning these NASCAR races who wouldn't normally win because they just don't have the money behind them. So it's and some of these dudes are, are just professional, uh, gamers, e yeah. e game racers, yeah. right? They're not even they're Yeah. So they're like, they have to compete with dudes who would just do this in their living rooms for the yeah. last couple of years, which it's, I think is kind of cool too. Then see, there you go, Chris positive spin. I like it. I like it too. Go uh, NASCAR. Go NASCAR. Hey, are they still doing, uh, are they still doing WrestleMania or did they cancel it? Yeah, I do believe they they uh, WrestleMania is still on for this weekend. I don't think there's any fans. 
I'm I, not even sure who's wrestling. Yeah, I think a couple have dropped out, right? Is that or yeah, less I heard. But like injuries or something maybe? I well, don't know, one but. dude had a one guy was like a cancer survivor or something and like was like I oh, fuck that. I'm not I'm not doing yeah. this shit. Yeah, I, it makes sense that uh or not surprised that some may have dropped out or do whatever here. Um it, it's probably one like like we were talking about with MMA and all those kinds of things. It's probably one of the, the least sports you want to have sort of kind of circling around with coronavirus and stuff and like touching guys and sweating all each other and spitting each other's yeah, faces and then running home and like, you know, beating their wives and whatever <laughs> wrestlers do. <too. laughs> um, but whatever, yeah. I, you know what it's, uh, I'm not going uh, to listen. I've been, I've been watching a bunch of horse racing and really hoping that it doesn't go away. So for the, for our WWE <laughs> fans, I, I, I kind of just, just going to sit back and hope for the best. Uh, sure. But I did see some, and I mentioned this on the, at the top. Uh, the The Rock did a uh, he he did his uh, w, he was answering questions from fans, and he did his his wrestling Mount Rushmore, which I I heard him do it, and I was like, this is first of all impossible to do. A The Rock would oh. be on it if it was The Rock's, but yeah. Uh, but also like they're just I I feel like there are too many it's too many variables in order to do an accurate. I I just, yeah. Too many great wrestlers, too many eras. Uh, but I did want to put it to you and get and get your Mount Rushmore. And then I then I quickly backpedaled and was like, at least give me your face Mount Rushmore and your heel Mount Rushmore. And you can't double up, even though like Hulk Hogan did a heel turn. You gotta pick him as a he Hogan heel or Hogan face, but you can't have him in both. Oh, That's, of course. No, I did. And I stay away from that, which is really hard because a lot of these guys are, were both for periods of time yeah. and some were almost evenly. So you're sort of like, eh, that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That might even disqualify them a little bit in some, into my mind. Yeah. I, a little um, bit. Also, I, I probably should have at, included a tag team. Uh, H-O, yeah. like, or, yeah. or sat like a Rushmore mm-hmm. um, tag team would have been another one you could have done. And also just like maybe even a manager one. Although I yeah, think we probably have the same, is, probably have the same four managers. But anyway, right. um, but I, I mean, I almost wanted just to do, I almost wanted just to put the four horsemen up on that Mount Heelmore. Right. That's um, exactly. but I didn't. Okay. So, but, um, and well, I Mount, also like Mount I face so more and Mount Heelmore. I love it. <laughs> but I also, I took, a, I took, I took all three steps, Chris. I went a Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Okay. I went, I, I did four, although I kind of want to put six on there. Just do four, but do your, do your face, do your Mount face more first. Okay. So my Mount face more, which is actually the hardest one to do because there's so many more, uh, great. I'm not feels. even convinced. I, I, I like any of my, my choices, but yeah, I, it's, it's I'm not sure so sure either actually. Yeah. But Mount face more because there was limited and I went with ones like you were saying who were truly sort of define most of their career by being a, a face. Uh, and you have to start off with, and, and it's, and it's Hogan. It's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He's first uh, on my list it, too. It's almost impossible to keep him off of any list, even if it's just an overall Mount Rushmore. For sure. Um, there's a, there's no doubt about it. He, he is, he is the Michael Jordan of, of wrestling. wrestling. He just yeah. is the biggest superstar of all time. Of all time. And he, and like the whole thing, he, he changed the sport. He propelled it in such a new and big yeah. direction and whatnot. Uh, that you, it's impossible to have him not be somewhat uh, significant Agreed. on there. My next one uh, is, and I had to go back sort of somewhat to the era around Hogan, um, but uh, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Really? Oh, he might've been the greatest face of all time. I, think, I just, my- I got, I, I'm, 
I never liked him. Because he was the blue collar, middle America, every man, hardworking, dream kind okay. of guy. He just okay. he 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 the, he had a fan base. He could also he was one of probably the the first and the best talkers. Okay, that's and that's a big part of this, right? Like, and that's a big part of it. It's yeah. not just wrestling here, right? Because there there's persona, there's image, yeah. there's the ability yeah. to talk. Yeah. Uh, there's all that stuff I took in. You, you have to take into account, and I certainly did. I have all of my guys are talkers. All my guys yep. have the ability to talk. Okay. Uh, the next one for me then is 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 the Rock. Yeah. And and he was the. I mean, he was his tag was you know the most electrifying man in sports entertainment or whatever it was. Yeah. And that's and that's true. Like at that time, and he was sort of the the next era of of, and he was huge, man. Look at him now. Like the, yeah. No, I get it. You're right. I he. I'm with you. I I wasn't big into wrestling at that point, but I I remember like a couple of names from that era, and I took I do do have a wrestler from that era. It just isn't the Rock, but I totally agree with you. Okay, Rock is yeah, the, and, Rock and is I the keep, ultimate keep, face, but he also yeah. kind of was a heel. He was a heel for a little bit, but I think a majority, a vast majority of his, his career, he was a, he was a face, and it sort of he kind of lends to one of those guys. And there's a couple others on these on some of my lists here and stuff too that they sort of transcend face and heel, right? Where they're just even though that they're a heel, probably they're, everyone loves them. Yeah, so people love much. them no matter what. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And there's a couple obvious ones, obviously, and we'll probably get to those at, at some point. But um, and then the fourth one I really kind of struggled with, and it's I, I I wrote Sting actually as my fourth. Oh shit, Sting! I because forget. he was sort of the the WC uh, NWA WCW of version of Ho, Hulk Hogan yeah, for, for like, sure. a long time, for the sure. blonde surfer dude. But then yeah. when he did that, he wasn't even a heel when he did the turn in like '96 with like NWO. The, when he did the Ultimate Warrior makeup, but he changed it to like it was all black and white, black like and a crow white kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, he became the crow, which I thought was fucking weird. I was like, are we I sure this it. is still Sting? Yeah, I loved it actually. I loved that, but he but he didn't turn heel at that point. He was like the anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and so he was sort of like the vigilante who was like still he like he took on NWO. That was and when those du- other guys. that was when NWO was just ruling it shit. Like they right. were just doing right. And he joined them at, for a small period of time, but he was for the most part he was sort of the the only guy that stood up to him for a long period of time there. So he kind of edges out. There's two sort of guys that I kind of want to put in there just to give him a little more respect than they got, which I think two both these guys were ultimate faces for you almost like their four, entire wait, career. So you just did four, but now you've got some extras. Yeah. I'm just throwing these cause these two, two guys, I think they deserve to be on the list, but I just, I couldn't, I kind of went with sting because sting is one of my all time favorites. Okay. That was my question for you before you go into your, your extra two. What, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Of all time. Yeah. Um, do you have one that's just like near and dear to your heart? Sting is up there. Okay. Um, I put my favorite Andre giant was there. Um, the Undertaker. I loved the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, and awesome. he might, he was probably on one of my other lists here. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Stone Cold definitely is a, cause he was a face slash. He was just a heel. Yeah. And he was a heel who just became iconic. Yeah. People loved him. People right. And he became him. the ultimate anti-hero, I think too. And whatnot. So who are your extra two? Okay. So Ray Mysterio Jr. Fuck. Yes, dude. Ray Mysterio is the greatest wrestler I ever saw live. He's amazing. He, he is definitely on my fi- on my fi- my uh, face, face hall more. of fame. Yeah, he's on my face board. He's on my f- face more. Uh, <laughs> in fact, you've got a couple of mine. But fucking Ray Mysterio, what was that move? It had numbers in it. It was like the five one three or whatever. He oh yeah, he went off know. the top because... rope and came back around on the outside through the middle ropes and would fucking stomp your face. It was yeah, an incredible yeah, yeah. finishing move. Um, it was called like the four one seven or something. 
Ray, and Ray, I think Ray was a, I think it was a face for, I mean, 99% of his career. Like, yeah. and he just, and he was a little guy, but he was so exciting. Was he a real, so, was he a real Lucha Libre? Uh, or Lucha, you know what? He, Lucha so when I looked him up real... actually a little bit, he was born in, in California. Okay, he's not uh, and I don't know, you know, he's of Hispanic descent and I don't know if he ever actually wrestled down like Mexico and all that stuff. Okay. But, that but was he kind sort of, of just, I think he just took that genre and that image kind of, and, and kind of rolled with it a little bit. His uncle was a Rey Mysterio senior, which is weird. He was a luchador. Yeah, right. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So he has, I mean, he has some, some history there of it in his family, I guess, and stuff. But I thought he was, he was always a sort of underrated, um, but he always, he would also wrestle like heavyweights all the time and stuff too. He was, he, I thought he was incredible. He was awesome. He was, he was incredible. Uh, I have a Rey Mysterio mask in my closet that nice. I, that yeah, I bought right. when when I saw him in Connecticut, I, became... I mean, he, he sort of helped make those masks, I think popular and, and kind of famous to into American mainstream wrestling. Six one nine was the Rey Mysterio move. Six one nine. Look nine. it up. If you don't, yeah. it's a fucking awesome move. He basically like, Oh man, I can't even do it justice. Just, the... just take, just take a 10 seconds and watch fucking six one nine once and tell me that isn't the fucking dopest move of all time. The only guy I think more impressive that I saw, I remember like watching wrestling throughout the years was i don't know if you remember this guy but this guy was from japan and he was literally he was a power ranger like outfit costume kind of thing i can't remember that uh, guy. jushin thunderlogger <laughs> and i i swear i swear it's a crazy name he's even got a crazier outfit it's got like it's got like the horns coming out of like the face mask like you don't know who he is you know his, his face is he's always like like ray mysterio he's got long hair too i think coming out of it or something if you look up his his videos I don't even know how to spell you should thunder logger. Uh, it's like, uh, J U S H I N and then thunder and then lie. Li- it might be liger or something. So L I G E R thunder liger makes more sense. Cause then that's a, yeah. a tiger lion. Okay. okay. Right. And he, he was, he, he was WWE. He's great Mysterio junior to like the 10th degree of aerial acrobatics. Okay. And I think he's even like, I, I think he was even like a martial arts, I don't know, expert or he trained in or whatnot and stuff, but he, he was even, more incredible like the moves that he would do okay i'll but, check him out i love those guys i love those little guys like that who are just so, so that's the, he's your fifth your sixth face he's not actually he okay. wasn't my sixth face because i don't know if he was a, it was a face or not okay so, I mean, he and he came to the states back in the 90s for a little while and i think he was still wrestling up until recently i'm sure he was he was incredible so anyway but my my sort of guy he was the ultimate face to some degree was ricky the dragon steamboat yeah love him awesome related to the rock right is he yeah i think so Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I but he, that guy was always the, he was always the face. He, no matter what, he would get beat down and attacked over and over again by like heels and like, uh, like Ric Flair and I think the horseman and all those things and stuff. And he just, he never, he, he never like faded or he never turned and all those kinds of things. Like when most guys usually have at some point a heel turn, even for a very brief moment, I think Ricky the Dragon Seaman was one of those guys that never, ever did. Ricky the Dragon was in my, like, I probably, he was one of my all-time favorites. I, I want to say, like, up. second, third, fourth grade, he was, like, everyone's favorite for some reason. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. every one of my class's favorite. Yep. Uh, all right, I'll run through my face list uh, okay. quickly. Uh, Hogan, obviously, on there. Uh, I thought I consider Ric Flair a, a face. I feel like he, uh, he, he is the Hogan of, of the other wrestling leagues. Um, and also just kind of awesome and a great talker. Uh, I also have... So here, what's your thought on mankind? Is that a face or is that a heel? 
I, I think he started out as a heel. Yeah, right. And then he kind of became a face because he had and he had a couple different sort of personalities or personas or whatever right. you want to call them. And he became a fat. He became a crowd favorite. And I think he actually probably ended up as a face. And it's he's one of those guys too that I had a hard time sort of like figuring out which way to go with him. But he, but I still fucking loved him. Like I loved, mm-hmm. I loved the idea, like the whole McFoley thing. I loved the mm-hmm. whole fucking mankind thing. I loved the way he talked. He was a fucking mm-hmm. beast of a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Got his ass kicked on other levels. There's an amazing mm-hmm. documentary about him if you have a chance. Uh, well, it's it's beyond the mat. I think he's one of the three wrestlers in that in that documentary. He's a family guy. He's so fucking lovable. He's an awesome dude from Long Island. So I, I'm putting him on my face, my face list just, but I, as mankind, because it would be a funnier Mount Rushmore if it had <laughs> mankind's mm-hmm. face in it. Totally. You got to have the mask on. Yep. Ray Mysterio yep. definitely is, is would, would have been on there. Uh, and, and I can flip him with mankind easily. And my, my fourth and, f- and final one is my favorite wrestler of all time, which is Coco beware. Uh, <laughs> And Frankie gets to be up there too, motherfucker. <laughs> the fucking Birdman, dude. I fucking love the Birdman. Oh, I man. could not wait for undercards because that motherfucker never made it to prime time. Mm. But dude, he did mm. anything asked of him, man. Mm-hmm. He joined the Killer Bees. He fucking would do Royal Rumbles. He, I, he's, I'm definitely still re- wrestling today. I fucking loved Coco Beware. And he... <laughs> It's great. He was a great talker. He was. He never turned. He never yeah. turned heel. Yeah. Uh, always a good guy. The ultimate face. Like he just. And also, like we need to rec- represent some more black wrestlers because they. Yeah. They. Mm-hmm. I, and I just never was a big JYD guy. Uh, oh, I love JYD. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't. He didn't like. I have a J. He was another I, guy. He was. He was the. He was the Coco Beware of like before Coco Beware. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. paved the way. He was. Yeah. He paved the way. But Coco yeah. Beware took everything he did mm-hmm. and brought it to another level. I. The also a junkyard dog had a record out with a uh, Vicky Sue Robinson called "Grab Them Cakes." If you want to check it out, <laughs> I have a copy of it. I just saw it in my collection the other day. I was like, "The fuck is this?" Oh man! Grab them cakes. I don't even know what it means. Probably titties. <laughs> maybe just actual cake. All right, give me your heels. Let's get to this. Let's get to the heel, heel more, Mount Heel more. Okay, so this one was hard just because there's so many. Like the more guys I kind of like kept looking at and, yeah. and double checking on researching it are heels. Like most, yeah. of, and they're awesome, and I love all of them. But here's my uh, here's my four. Uh, it's Piper. Yeah, definitely. And and Flair and Flair is a heel, but he, Flair is also like is like Austin and those guys where they're just they transcend both sides. Yep. But Flair, for the most part, was the dirtiest cheatness player in the history of probably wrestling and he was always like with the four horsemen he was always a heel but everyone just loved him so he could go whichever way and it didn't matter okay but he was entirely he was a he was a heel uh third was undertaker and he's another one of those guys that sort of transcended both sides uh but he to me like with that the whole thing with his gimmick and the shtick um and and what he did and like coming out of coffins and like riding the motorcycle down the ramps a fucking awesome fucking Entry music, entry music, Paul Bearer, like, fucking yes. at his side. Yep, and like Can't just the, his size and like uh, he, like all that stuff about him was like he's my favorite heel of all time for sure. He might, yeah, and I think he's one of my favorites of all time. I think up there, like he just like what he done, everything about him, like just he nailed it. He was like he the, was able, to, he kind of like I feel like the you mentioned this before, like in order to be like a great heel, you have to love the like. Yeah, like it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Or mm-hmm. Rowdy Roddy you lean Piper. Into it. Yeah, you're and and it makes other people like you as a heel, not really hate you. Right. 
right. Yeah, what else exactly. you got? Right. And the, yeah. And so my fourth one, and I, I so much, you just sort of kind of hit on it about managers. I so much wanted to put Bobby Heenan on there. Yeah. I know, right? Because he was the probably the ultimate, the best manager, and he was perfect at his job, antagonizing fans yeah. and the audiences. I loved him. Oh, he was great. He was great. He was perfect. And he could talk, too. Like if, and if he had a wrestler that wasn't good on the microphone, he would do it for him, basically, and he was amazing at it. Bobby Heenan and fucking and, and Gorilla Monsoon on mm -hmm. USA, they fucking mm -hmm. hosted a show every Tuesday night. It was mm -hmm. fucking incredible. Like you, they, were, they were just amazed, just eye-rolling at each other. It was, yeah. it was so realistic. Perfect. I love those two. Yep. And Vince Mann should, should get a little credit for, for doing what he's done and sort of becoming a heel yeah, himself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so he's sort of up there, but my fourth guy is, is, was probably defined heel ism in the eighties, especially with Hulk Hogan. And that was iron Sheik. Oh shit. You're giving Sheik love. I'm giving the Sheik love, man. Cause he was, he wasn't even, he wasn't even from the middle East. No. And he took that persona and he just, he nailed it and drove it home. Like I think better than anybody else was so like anti-American. The golden age of heel, right? Cause you had fucking Randy Savage. Uh, Iron Sheik, Ivan Volkov, and fucking and Andre the Giant, like those four guys alone could make a fucking amazing heel, amazing heel yeah. more. Yep. But he took like he was he was like the he, he was sort of the symbol, and and Volkov was there too, I guess, because he was Russian. But he was sort of the symbol of uh, of especially with Cold War and all that was going on in the eighties. Well, like, Ivan and, Volkov sucked at wrestling. The Sheik was fucking amazing, and the Camel Clutch yeah. was a yep. sister killer. Ugh. I used to put my clutch. little sister in the camel clutch and she would fucking cry. It was yep. a brutal move. Yes. Oh, it's brutal. It's right up there with the figure four. Figure four gets you every time. Yep. Get done done properly. The figure four will make anybody do anything you want. Unfortunately, you're also laying on the ground, so there's not much right. you can do. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, so anyway, so the Sheik, I just, and like Bret Hart was even, oh, I love Bret Hart. He was a great kind of heel. Can I um, can I add a couple can I add a couple to your to your rush throw it in there. yeah throw them in there Let me, I just want your thoughts on these because I basically like I I'm with you on your list entirely I would <laughs> I've always thought Goldust was a fucking crazy ass wrestler <laughs> like just a weird looking dude who weird, kept man. changing all the time like <sighs> he went from like having like a weird like bondage outfit to like having like gold all over his body the, and his with the blonde wig, the blonde the wig and the fur wig. collar and the black lips. It's just like, it creeps <laughs> me out, man. And that's a it good a, heel. It was a son of uh, dusty Rhodes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cause he couldn't make it as any, as like anything else nope, basically for Dust, a long time. Dustin Rhodes, dusty Dust. Rhodes kid had to turn into a fucking gimp <laughs> in order. And I love it. And it, la <laughs> I, and it, it lasted for a long time. Like if he you did, do, if people you, liked it. For, I if, hated it. If I, you, like, I, I know, but that's awesome. That's the best yeah. part. He was a wrestler from fucking 95 to 2019. Wow. Yeah, dude. Just yeah. as this as I gold mean, dust every day, he had to fucking get in that stoop and he tried to make it cooler and it didn't fucking work, yeah. man. And, yeah. and I, I'm pretty sure that gold dust and Shockmaster are like related somehow. I, I don't know. I think all these guys are related somehow at this point. Well, like, Shockmaster is the greatest wrestler of all time. That, that <laughs> he's the, he's the, He's the not for nothing fucking pot or not for nothing podcast mascot. Yeah. Like Shockmaster is just a head and head and shoulders above all wrestlers. Like they you can't even <laughs> put him on a Hall of Fame because he's the goddamn Shockmaster. Um <laughs> just some, like, the best worst. Uh, like you can't put him on the hall you can't put him on you can't put him on Mount Rushmore because uh they don't you don't have copyright 
Uh, it would be copyright infringement because all he wore was a fucking stormtrooper mask with like glitter on it. Uh, and a fur vest. A fur vest. <laughs> Do you still have your Shockmaster doll? Oh, yeah. It's in my closet. Okay. Yeah. Closet? Yeah. It's not on your headboard? <laughs> no. no. Yeah, like, it's too scary, Chris. It's too okay. intimidating. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, here's my, here's my, my, the, the last heel. And we'll, we'll put a fork in this. Uh, but I just, it was a pure heel to me. It was the big boss man. Yeah. He's just an asshole. I fucking yeah, hate just an He was like a cop, which sucks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how like cool was it to make a cop an asshole? Like, yeah. I, like have no, a nightstick. Yeah. Like cops are supposed to be like good guys. Like, oh, the cop, he should yeah. be. But he was just, a, he just looked like a cop and he was a prick. And, yeah. he, and he like, he just played the role so fucking well. He did. He, did. I, he was a dick. I fuck, and he would whoop Hogan's ass. Like he, mm-hmm. for some, he could whoop Hogan. He would punish ass. anybody. He would just yeah. end it like punishing people I yeah. think, and like hurting him. He was like old school kind of wrestler, just putting like moves. Just, yeah. Just hurt moves on you. Yeah. And then like, I think he teamed up with that weird dude who was, I think was also steamboat who wore like a dashiki for some reason. <laughs> The Twin Towers. Do you remember the Twin sort Towers? Sort of, yeah, yeah. I can't quite think. There was another guy like Bam Bam Bigelow, too, was sort of in that genre of like big men who were just kind of like mean. Dude, I think Akeem was his name, and he's definitely the most offensive wrestler of all time. Akeem? I don't remember him at Look all. up Akeem, man. Anyway, let's stop this. We could do, you yeah. know, we'll do, we'll do the a other shit, guy, the other guy wrestler Hall of Fame. That, that <laughs> sort of had that shtick, too, that I thought was really great was Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, but he's a fucking piece of shit. Right, I know, but exactly. But that he just, he with the snake and he was just dirty yeah, and mean. I just wish he wasn't a human piece of shit. Like if yeah, he wasn't human I garbage, I, I'd have him on there too. There's a, there's a documentary I think on him and I, I, I kind of want to watch it. And I also kind of, I've watched cause... two of them. So there's one, one is beyond the mat okay. uh, where he, uh, where he, he's one of the characters and he's like doing crack while he reunites with his daughter. Oh, and then there's Great. another one where diamond Dallas page, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Who's yep. like who's a big rehab dude and does yeah. yoga? He goes and finds Jake the Snake and rehabilitates him in order for him to go to the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. And that movie's fucking incredible. Like oh. I highly recommend you watch that one. That is okay. That is the superior one of the Jake the Snake movies. Uh, honorable mention. Whenever I hear Jake the Snake, I gotta think of uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, who were they were all like the same greasy dude, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. uh, they were great. I love the gre- they were great. The greasy two of my favorites back in the day. Yeah, who's that? Who's that other one that you, uh that like uh he always had a fucking toothpick in his mouth. Oh, Mister Perfect. Is that no long like, curlyish kind of hair? Oh, they all long curly greasy hair, but like no, he had like it was like Rico Smooth or some shit like that. Fucking. Oh. Well, there's Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, yeah, Razor Ramon. <laughs> yeah. He's also he, NWO. He yeah. also got rehabilitated by Diamond Dallas Page, oh, I think. Good for Diamond Dallas Page, man. He's, He's a good weird. guy, dude. He's a fucking mm. good guy. Uh, all right, so off of wrestling, mm. I uh, I'll 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 leave. Do you want to do your our bargain bin gambling, or is it even worth it to get into that today? I don't even think it's worth it at this point. Okay, I tell will your, tell your pony story. I will tell my pony story, and then we'll fucking put a put a ice pick in this right between the eyes. Great. Um. Because I'm sneaking this in on you. Uh, last week was my third week of uh, horse gambling. Uh, this time we took it to another level. We had about five or six of us uh, in a Zoom meet conference. We all bet the uh, we bet the Gulf Stream because they were having the Tampa Derby, uh, of which we did not stick around long enough for because none of us were winning. Um, I do not have any tips for you other than what I would pay attention to if you're watching, if you're if you are horse betting right now. Uh, 
there were a couple jockeys that are just touring from the, of the high qual high caliber jockeys that are touring from place to place as they get shut down. So the local, a lot of the local jockeys are getting scratched for these like bigger name jockeys who are prepping for the, or would be prepping for the Kentucky Derby, even though the Derby is supposedly happening in September. So keep an eye out for those, for any, any riders that are touring and coming into the track or mm-hmm. like bigger names. And especially on the big purse races, they're pretty much a best bet. So that's my, my one little piece of information. The other is uh, Tiz the Law, who, who just won the Tampa Derby, is by far the best fucking horse in the world right now. And if oh. the Derby was tomorrow, I'd fucking put everything I had on him. Tiz the Law, mark my words, that dude's the next fucking Kentucky Derby winner. Okay. Okay. I like this. So last week, it's a bunch of us were gambling poorly. Uh, <laughs> the brother-in-law of Eric Alvarez... Uh, Danny Ballard, uh, he's betting with us. And, and meanwhile, you, I can't even begin to like, there aren't words that can describe this guy's personality. Uh, to give you an idea, he was, he was exercising, uh, playing video poker, uh, <laughs> doing shots, and smoking weed, <laughs> all while betting horses. Incredible. And, and was just taking any suggestion any suggestion like it was just like okay i'll place that blah 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 like he just it would it would it was amazing watching his add fire was like better than watching the races so uh the fourth or fifth race we're about to bet and um basically uh i was like well we gotta put some money on this 10th horse i never bet horse names but this was one i had to i had to get behind the name of the horse was he hate me chris what yeah i tricked you we're talking about xfl there was a (laughs) there was a fucking horse named after an old xfl player damn he doesn't own the horse or anything does he no he did just a fucking some fan of he hate me put a fucking named his horse who isn't damn puts him on the third on the back of a fucking trifecta and hits it a five dollar bet garners two grand because of fucking he hate me dude yeah, it was right. awesome. You gotta reach out. You gotta reach out to him and see if you can find him. And like, <laughs> it was awesome, dude. Fucking he hate me. The goddamn ex. They're probably the most famous XFL player of all oh, time. Sure. Of all time, no one will ever surpass him. Fucking was a big winner at the day of the races. He didn't even. He finished third, but it fucking it was the third. It was the Still. third horse of a fucking trifecta, and fucking Dan hit it without even boxing it. Just he's going on the Mount Rushmore of XFL players for sure. He is. For sure he is. Tom Maddox, that guy. He hate me. And I think that's it. Right yeah. now it's two people. Yeah, Vince, you give it to Vince McMahon again. <laughs> he should be he should be on the actual Mount Rushmore. We could just take like like what's the one like Truman? Is he on there? I don't even know. No, no, it's uh it's uh, like a lesser, lesser known one, right? <laughs> it's like, FDR or something, I don't know. Or it? Teddy Roosevelt. It's yeah, it's Ted. It's Teddy, yeah. Teddy Rex. Anyway, shit, I gotta go. I gotta go watch a. I gotta go watch a a, a Christian Slater oh, movie. That's right. What are you watching this week? Uh, what's that? What are you watching this week? What am I watching this week? Yeah, which oh, one which, is it? Which, which movie? It's the one where it's John's picking this one. Uh, <laughs> this is so boring. Uh, it is a. It is a. Um, it's it's a movie I've never actually seen. Ooh. Uh, and it is. Hold on, I'm pulling up the name right now. It stars. Uh, Sean Connery, Christian Slater, Ron Perlman, and it is called In the Name of the Rose. Oh, yeah. I think it's about monks. Yeah, it is. 
<laughs> I don't know if it was a book or something originally. I don't fucking know, but I'm in for it because I got. I think it's supposed to be good, but I now I'm not sure if that's correct or not. Better than Hard Rain? Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. All right. I mean, we're not talking like we're not talking good Christian Slater movie. It's like a good movie that happens to have Christian Slater in it. <laughs> there are any movie that's Christian you know I mean? Slater in it is good, Chris. God damn it. Well, that's not worth watching. I like I like the bad Christian That's story. what I'm saying, but John picked, and I'm going to let him fucking do it because Hard Rain really ticked him off. So I'm going to let him have this one. I'm going to watch this fucking monk movie with Sean Connery and fucking call it a day. So that's what I'm up to today. Chrissy, what are you doing the rest of the day? Uh, I just um sitting here by myself, I guess. Masturbating, playing Nerf, Nerf basketball. All right. Well, <laughs> it's been fun. It's it been, been real. I can't believe it's been fun real. Mm. <laughs> Bye. Oh, <laughs> oh,